The MX Vice Show. All right, welcome everybody to episode 134 of the MX Vice Show. We have an action-packed show ready for you today as we chat to young Danish star who's making his way in America, Matty Jorgensen. But before we do that, we'd like to thank our sponsors in Parts Europe. Parts Europe distributes spare parts, accessories and rider equipment for all motorbike segments in Europe. We support the sport tagline is fortified through the Thor and Moose House brands and their support of world elite MX riders like Blander and Prado, Langenfelder, Guadagnini, Jonas, Bogers and nine times world champ and Thor ambassador Tony Cairoli. Your Parts Europe dealer has access to all the big brands for your motocross or enduro bike, Necken, Pro Circuit, FMF, ODI, Cycra, Renthal, Recluse and many, many more are in stock ready to be shipped. Check out their website at partseurope.eu or contact your local Parts Europe dealer with a dealer network of over 10,000 shops. We're sure there is one close to you. All right, mate. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us, Matty Jorgensen. Obviously, very talented Danish writer. Some guys in Europe will know you. A lot of people in America will know you, mate. But you've certainly been making some waves. MO Pro Motocross sort of last three rounds after making your debut in fine style, mate. So how's life? And thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Uh, life is good. I am just training, trying to get prepared for Loretta's at this time. And then uh, the last three rounds of Pro Motocross. Yeah, mate, it's exciting times ahead. Obviously, firstly, we'll start with how was Southwick on the weekend? Uh, looked like a very brutal day in the on the track and the demanding heat. Plus, you had a chain issue, which wouldn't have helped. Sort of had a bit of a pretty rotten luck with, you know, issues with the bike in these first few you've done. But another great test to sort of challenge yourself against these elite guys. And how did you compare it to previous times at Southwick? We obviously had a memorable battle with Deegan where you held him off pretty impressively, mate, hanging off the bike, showing your, showing your skills. That was a good one. So you had good memories going in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I like Southwick a lot, and um, it was very hot that day. The track was gnarly, and the 35-minute moto was for sure rough, but uh, I felt pretty good all day. Had I got a little tired in the second moto and had a little crash, but other than that, that, the weekend was good. Of course, I had a little incident the first moto when the chain came off due to my wheel bearings, but other than that, it was a fun weekend. Yeah, mate. And how is it sort of, are you feeling more comfortable at that level now? Obviously, the pro debut at High Point was pretty memorable. You came out with a bang with a second in qualifying. It must have been just good experience again to show you have the speed and the skills to mix it up there. And how was also Redbud? That must have been a special weekend with the Americans out in force and going wild. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's cool. It's really cool to see all the fans there. And the nerves are high for sure at the first couple of rounds and just just learning how to ride the tracks like that. They're way different than the pro tracks compared to the, to the amateur track. And uh, it's fun. Yeah, mate. Did you sort of have any mindset changes adapting to the pro ranks? Obviously, there's a lot of pressure and weight of expectation you're probably feeling. And the way the tracks are prepared is obviously a little bit different too. So, um, yeah, talk us through those things. You obviously newish things you got to face and adapt to. You definitely got to adapt to riding the tracks like ripped really deep and soaked in the morning for the qualifying sessions but uh and then it's only big bikes like making the tracks rough compared to the amateur races they got from 50s to 450s you know so it's all kind of different lines and bumps like put out one so it's still rough but it's a different type of rough compared to the pro stuff yeah no it's certainly 
throw something else at your mate and you must be just developing your craft all the time. And just talk us about your plans for the rest of the season. Obviously, the focus is Loretta's and probably taking home some championships there, mate. So how's that going and uh, what are the aims for that? And obviously, after Loretta's turning professional in, in Supercross and Motocross full-time, is that what you're after next year? Yeah, next year I'd like to race East Coast, but I still need to get two points. So either I'll have to do Minios Supercross only and get the points there or a Supercross Futures next year, like the first one. Yeah, hopefully uh, that goes smoothly, mate. And how how are the Supercross skills? Obviously, you've been training and it's not an easy process, but you sort of look like uh, watching you on the bike, you use your body and your legs really well and you're sort of quite comfortable hanging it out. So how's it all been going? It was going all right. I only had about a month of training on Supercross, and it's it's way different than motocross for sure, but uh, it's cool. It's di- definitely different. Do you find the, the fear factor of you know, hitting those big jump sections, whoops, is that really hard? Is that one of the toughest things to get over mentally? I think so, yes. Like, the whoops are definitely scary, and the ry- big rhythms, like, just to commit to them, but it started getting better and better every time I wrote it, so... Yeah, mate, it must be a challenge. And obviously you're working with Michael Byrne and Aussie and training with the Lawrence brothers as well and Chance Hymas and a lot of other fast guys too. So that must be a top environment for success. You must be learning a lot and sort of holding you in good stead to attack these challenges and learn from just watching the guys on the track and from speaking to them. Yeah, exactly. Like Burner is really good and he's helped me a lot. And then for sure, if you're watching the best guys in the world do it, it, it's nice. What are the sort of key takeaways you take from, you know, observing these guys and analysing what they do? Because obviously Jet at, at Southwick, for example, he was just making it look so easy, line selection, hopping over the jumps and bumps and rollers and just managing those choppy sections. And it was pretty high speed in parts too. So to watch him, it's just sort of poetry in motion. So what do you sort of learn most seeing that? I don't know. Like I try to try to copy what he's doing but like it's definitely a lot harder than it is than it looks like uh he can tell me like try to do this or that or burn or two but it's it takes time it's definitely difficult <laughs> or else everybody would be doing it yeah absolutely and, and their dad dazzery is a bit of a straight shooter no nonsense guy and he's obviously instilled a mentality into them as well it's you know they have a lot of fun off the track but when it's race time you know they're on and do you learn a bit from him too mate with his straight shooting yeah, Dazzy's a really good guy. He's tried to help me with a couple of things too and told me what to do with the bike position and body position and stuff like that. So it, it's cool. Yeah, and you're learning a lot about how to develop bikes and test bikes and, you know, various parts. And have you got a good sensation to, to feel things you change and all that kind of thing? Yeah, a little bit. I haven't done too much testing. Uh, I've just tried like a couple of different bikes and small stuff like bars not too much suspension stuff I haven't tried yet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And obviously for people that don't know your story, it's pretty incredible. Obviously you left uh, Denmark at the age of 10 and with your family and moved to America to essentially pursue the dream of becoming a pro supercross and motocross racer, mate. So how has that been? And what was sort of the catalyst for that decision? So my dad, once he turned 50, he wanted to move to America. He lived here for one year when he was 16 to 17. And then it was good for racing too. So we moved here in 2015 and it's, it's been cool. It's been a cool journey over here. Um, it's different. The races are different. The amateur scene's a lot different over here than in Europe, but it's, it's definitely cool. 
Yeah, and talk us about sort of the the key challenges you've faced since moving, mate. Was it an easy adaptation to America? And is there anything you miss about home, even though you've been gone for a while now? Is there certain things? I have a few good friends from Denmark that I miss a little bit, and some of the food and just some stuff from Denmark's cool, but a lot of the stuff's better over here, like the weather, the cars, a lot of stuff over here is sick. Yeah, mate, the weather must be pretty good. You're down in Florida, aren't you? So what's yep. the sort of, yeah, has the family been happy? Do you get back home to often and just sort of tell us through the progress, through the ranks you've made from the you know small bikes to where you are today? Yeah, I went back to Denmark. Um, I used to go back a few times a year. And then in 2019, I was home for a few months. And then until November last year, I hadn't been home for three years. But I definitely want to come back for a little bit again this year if, if I have time for it. Yeah, mate. There's talk about potentially you being on the motocross of nations, maybe. Um, obviously, super talented. You know, Denmark got got some pretty good riders as well, which you which you know well. Obviously, Harrop sort of headlining that, and it's sad to see what's happened with Olsen. We we hope that he recovers and gets back to a level where he can. But is that something that's crossed your radar, mate? Yeah, for sure. It would be a dream to do the MX on. I would really like to do that. Yeah, definitely be good to put your name in the shop window after doing those pro rounds. I'm sure there'll be some more eyes on you, mate. And you're you're friends with a couple of the guys, obviously, you know, Bo Dam, he, he's sort of not as much on the radar these days, but there's some good talent, you know, Vox and Kleeman, Magnus Smith, Skovberg, Fredzo, and they're all sort of having their crack in AMX. And you sort of, you're sort of friends with those guys and you keep up to date with each other's racing. It must be kind of cool to have that sort of relationship with them. Yeah, it's definitely cool. I talked to... Mountain Smith and Fetso pretty often, a few times a week. So they're some of my good friends and uh, they've been doing good. They've been making good progress too. So it'd definitely be cool to do something with them. Yeah. Sort of with your knowledge and their knowledge, what are your sort of the key differences between amateur racing in America and say the AMX series? Obviously the tracks are probably less prepped in Europe, more brutal in some ways. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. The tracks are smoother over here and the motos are shorter. The longest race or amateur race we have over here is Loretta's, which is 20 minutes for, I think, 85s to B class, so 125s, 250B. And then they just changed it here, I believe, for the A class, pro sport classes. So I'll be doing 25 minutes this year. Oh, cool. And do you have you ridden much on the 450 as well? Are you going to be doing a bit of that at Loretta's too? Uh, so last year and in 2021, I rode a 450 in the 450 classes, but I'm not sure yet this year. I've been liking my 250 better, the way it handles and stuff. The new 450, it's a little hard to get dialed in, I feel like, but the power is nice for sure. But the handling, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing yet. Yeah, they're pretty beastly, aren't they? You see a lot of guys sort of, you know, be wary of taking the step up. And obviously, it's good that you're so young and you've already had a chance riding it. I was talking yeah. to Camden McClellan this morning and, you know, we were just floating ideas about the nations and whatnot. And he was like, well, I might have to step up to a 450. And he'd done a bit of training on there before. So it must be quite a big step, you know, racing it. And then, you know, for him racing a 250 and then going to nations on a 450 would be quite a daunting step, mate. But yeah, you've certainly got some good people to watch there in the Lawrence brothers and especially Jet doing his thing. But do you guys sort of compete pretty hard on the track? And is it a good balance between sort of being friends on and off the track? And did they help you out with race lines or anything like that? during the nationals you did to give you a little bit of advice? Yeah, for sure. Like when we're out there training, they try to teach us how to hit the lines or if they're blown out or something like that for the nationals. On the national day, they're usually pretty busy, but in practice, they help out 
Yeah, cool. And how is the training program? Do you find it's a really heavy workload? Obviously, it must add a lot of professionalism to make you sort of realize you need to be so dedicated to nutrition, hydration, you know, the value of sleep. And it's pretty cool. Obviously, you guys are all in moving from Europe. So it just adds to it all, doesn't it? So you got to have everything pieced together to sort of make yourself a complete package, don't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is there is there sort of one thing that you focus on specifically with your training, mate? Well, we do it together in a group. Like tomorrow morning, we're going on a road bike ride together. And uh, we ride together during the week, too. We're like, I don't know, five, six guys usually. And it's it's cool. It's good. Yeah, nice, mate. Yeah, just before we go on to the next set of questions, I'd just like to thank our sponsors in AS3 Performance Parts, the home of aftermarket motocross and enduro parts. From hardware and protection parts, including skid plates and radiator braces, to performance cooling parts, including silicon radiator hoses and oversized impeller kits. AS3 also have a huge range of brake, clutch and gear levers, all with different features and adjustability. Check them out online at as3performance.co.uk. And also with with racing that 250 class from those three rounds you did, obviously the weather is a tough thing, but those guys you were facing uh, battling out there, you know, you must take away the intensity and just the stamina they have. Was that something you noticed from guys like Hunter, Cooper, RJ, you know, Shimoda, Kitchen, Vial, Deegan, Volan, Swole? It's such a stacked class, mate. So it must be pretty cool just testing yourself against them. Yeah, for sure. It's cool. They're very fast and fit, so they're going fast uh, the whole moto. Yeah, and how is the – well, once you get past that sort of 20, 25 minutes mark, do you find yourself really struggling and digging deep? Because obviously you're mentioning Loretta's is 25 this year, but it's not something you're usually conditioned to. So did you adapt trainings as well for that? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of 35-minute motos at the Dog Pound this year, and it's definitely been uh, been helping. But Red Bud, I didn't get too tired. Second moto, I got a little bit more tired, but Southwick was brutal. The sand and the rough track and the humidity and heat. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely rough. Obviously, you're doing no more nationals and just have you got some more races leading up to Loretta on your cards? No, I'm just going to be training till Loretta's and then do Loretta's and then after Loretta's go full-time plan. Yeah, it's exciting, mate. Are you sort of a daunting proposition for you going full-time pro or it's just exciting because it's like, yeah, fulfilling your dream, your sort of life's work? Yeah, it's exciting for sure. It's been my dream since I was a little kid, so hopefully it'll be good. And then doing the East Coast, obviously, will give you plenty of time to, you know, keep training, keep learning, just sort of get more comfortable with Supercross. Um, did you go to many rounds this year just to sort of see what it's all about and to get a vibe of the stadium and sort of the intensity of it? No, I did not make it to any races this year. Uh, in 2021, I watched a couple of races, and in 2022, I watched Daytona. So I've watched a little bit, and then, I, of course, I watched on the TV every weekend, but I haven't, I didn't make it out this year. Yeah, it's a great series. And do you get into the World Supercross, mate, and how it's sort of creating, you know, longevity in riders' career? And obviously it divides opinion just with the, the way it's going, but it's pretty cool that, you know, that's an option for guys. And for you in the future, have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I would like to do that. It definitely seems like a cool series. I haven't really watched too much of it because I think I was I was racing Red Butt that weekend, I believe. Yeah. And... um or I don't know, was it Southwick? I, I don't remember, but uh, either either way, yeah, I was racing that day, so I didn't get to see it, and I just never saw it at Kenny 1. 
Yeah, well, it's pretty cool. You're in a unique position where you can also, if you can't make it to the races, you can talk to so many people to get valuable insights. And another guy you train with, Chance Hymas, how's he going since the the nasty injury setback with the knee made? Is he in good spirits and just itching to get back? Because he was putting together some really good results and the, the momentum was really coming for him, wasn't it? Yeah, he was doing really good. And uh, yeah, he's back here in Florida now. He's able to walk already on the knee. So I think he'll be back soon. Yeah, and you've done a similar injury in the past, haven't you, mate? Have you given him some advice on how to sort of handle it and deal with it? Mm, Yeah, I did my ACL meniscus back in 2019. I didn't get it fixed till 2021. But my recovery was long because my meniscus, I wasn't allowed to put any pressure on my leg for like six weeks where he was able to put pressure after like three days, I believe. So I think he'll, he'll be back a lot sooner than me. Yeah, mate, it's a nasty one. And just with being a motocross racer, it's just like all on you a lot of the time. And how do you sort of mentally deal with injuries and setbacks like that? Do you, obviously, the support of your family is massive, but have you got any coping strategies you deal with or you just sort of got to work through it and just keep sort of imagining yourself back on the gate? You just got to keep uh, got to keep working through it. Like it, it takes time to get back. Like you think you'll be able to go out first day and rip, but if you're off the bike for three, four months, like – it's definitely hard. Things come at you fast the first couple of times, the yeah, first mate. couple of days. Yeah, it must be so frustrating having time out. And how important is your family for support and just to be there for you during the tough times and the good times? And how key are they in your program, which you're running? And, and what's the sort of framework when you go to races at the weekend? Mm, yeah, my dad's been taking me to all the races. So he's been with me to all the three pro nationals. And then my brother, he's in Europe right now, but he's the one that helps me out with bikes and everything like that. So it's yeah. it's really important. Was he a was he a racer as well like you? Yeah, he raced till he was about fifteen years old, and then he actually tore his ACL, and I was getting faster on a fifty, and then he just started helping me, training me, and now he races jet skis. Oh sweet, must be so. You're pretty handy on them too, mate. Do you get out a little bit being in Florida? Yeah, I've been out a little bit not too much the past few months um while he hasn't been here but if he's here i'll go out with him maybe once or twice a week yeah cool and to take your mind off the sport you know the brutal nature of motocross do you hit the golf course with with the lawrence boys and chill out with that kind of thing too no i have never been out golfing i've only went to like top golf or something and i'm i'm pretty terrible Oh, mate, it can certainly be a frustrating one. And yeah, just looking back on your career so far, mate, have you got a couple of milestones that stand out as like top sort of benchmarks in your in your journey so far? Mm, definitely like winning Loretta's in 2021 was really cool for me. And then last year, Loretta I had a couple of good motos and I had a blown out wheel and then I had a couple of crashes and just got frustrated and ended, it, ended the week pretty bad in the 250B class. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely getting it's been cool. Yeah, nice, mate. And just watching the, the 250s and the 450s, um, have you got any title picks? Obviously, Jet's going to be pretty impossible to beat at this point, but do you think he can sort of go undefeated? And in the 250s, obviously, Hunter's had a bit of adversity those last two rounds, and, you know, it hasn't worked out for him, but he's still well and truly in the hunt. And, yeah, who do you think's got, got the edge there? Deegan, Cooper, Shimoda, Vial, there's some really good guys there going for it. Have you got a pick? I think Hunter will get it. I think he'll bounce back here the next couple of races and get the red plate back. Yeah, he's a impressive rider and he's got that mentality to match too. He's a bit of a killer when the when the helmet goes on. And just your take on growing up alongside Deegan, obviously the media and the stuff of his family, he's 
he's done that really well and he's comfortable and he's built himself uh, quite the profile, mate. Your thoughts on him as a rider and just how impressive is he to you? Yeah, he's a really good rider and he's done really good. He's impressed a lot of people this year, you know, but he's he's got the red plate now. Yeah, and obviously there was a bit of chat about the the sand might have been an issue for him at Southwick. It was one round he wanted to get through and he navigated it pretty well. But how do you personally compare your sand skills and, and hard pack skills? Is there one you prefer in particular? Um, I like sand or like a softer base. I'm not really a fan of like concrete hard packs. I haven't ridden that a lot being from Denmark. I mostly rode like soft dirt or sand and then growing up in Florida. But then I was at uh, south of the border training facility for like the past three years before I went to the dog pound. And that's like a clay hard pack track. So I, I've ridden it a, a bunch, but I, I prefer softer tracks. Yeah, nice. And how do you compare the two training facilities? I guess you could say was you enjoy one more or they're both different? It's been different. Like south of the border was really good. I was coming through there as my my whole amateur from 125 till A class. And then now it's just cool being with faster guys. Like I'm in a really good place, I feel like, uh, where I'm training at. Do you find it's a tough sort of balance to mix it on those training days? Because obviously you guys want to be the fastest and sort of flex your muscles, you know, like at Baker's Factory or Star. Having spoken to guys like Styles and Levi, they say it's like a bit of a funny mindset because you don't want to be, you know, giving away anything on those days and showing yourself any weaknesses. But, you know, some, someone's got to be faster. So do you find that tough to manage or is it just pretty mellow and your, your mindset and your attitude just holds you in good stead to focus on the racing, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, we try to just focus on ourselves, but like of course we're gonna end up racing each other, but it's 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 good. Yeah. And uh being so young and you know, so talented, is there any specific areas you're looking to improve, mate? Or just everything? Do you do you analyze the races back and, and watch sort of do you watch the MXGP and MX two and look for pointers from guys like Prado and Hurlings and Fevre and Renault and these kind of guys? Is that something you do? I haven't been able to watch too much of the MXGP, but like they're really good too but mostly just watch dma supercross and motocross stuff try to see what they're doing but it's it's hard to match just if you see him do it it's a whole other thing to do it yourself yeah and do you extract stuff from like cooper webb and tomac the mindsets of those guys you know they're happy or comfortable they they settle for a second or a third do you take stuff from watching those heavy hitters and you know they just turn up on the race day and they're ready to go aren't they the during the week stuff it is what it is they do it but you know they're like sunday men as they say in you know road racing terms it's pretty cool to see that try and implement some of that too um i don't really know if i have <laughs> i don't think so but they're it, it's cool to see the battle at the at the races and how much they want to win but yeah. So with your number, the plate, what's, uh, have you got a particular reason behind why you chose it and any sort of superstitions or that you do with your racing? Mm, no, my brother actually picked my number four when I was a kid. And uh, uh, then he was number 248 back when he rode. And then I tried to get that, but I don't know. They sent They gave me 245, which was my second pick. I just thought it was a cool-looking number. I don't really have any reason to ride with it but i just think it looks cool yeah mate it's cool and obviously when you're starting out you sort of don't get too much choice obviously because all those those ones you might want to go on but 
Yeah, just talking, obviously doing a podcast with me and this kind of thing. It's something which is sort of pretty prevalent in the motocross industry. It's an important part of it. Do you enjoy doing media stuff or do you sort of find it draining or annoying? Because you hear a lot of guys on race day, obviously, especially they probably don't want to do so much because they're trying to focus and get all their things in a row. But do you enjoy it, mate? Maybe during the week, it's probably a bit easier for you guys. I haven't made too much social media stuff. Like I'm not the best at posting like uh, every week. So I haven't done too much, but I need to get better at it for sure. And for the fans out there that haven't seen you ride, mate, describe your riding style to everyone. Obviously, it's pretty flowing. It, it looks pretty free. It's that modern sort of vibe about it. So tell us what it's like from your perspective. Um, I've been trying just to get lighter in the motorcycle and flow some more, find more speed. But everyone's trying to do that. And hopefully I'll get, get better at it more and more I train. And just with the nerves on the gate, mate, do you have any sort of procedures and strategies you use to sort of pump yourself up or calm yourself down, breathing techniques? You know, you listen to music before you head out there to sort of get in the zone. Have you got some ways you sort of deal with that? Some raises, like Loretta's, I usually bring like AirPods up to the line because you wait up there for almost an hour, so it's a long time. But for the past couple of nationals, I haven't. I've just went down to the gate and looked at gates. That's pretty much it. And then for the nerves, yeah, I just, I try to breathe, get them down, but it's, it's hard. Yeah, it must be, mate. You'd be so amped up. And do you have an opinion on the starting gates? Everyone's greats that everyone's sort of, you know, chatting about in America. Have you got an opinion on them? Mm, I've never really done too many great starts, but that's the future. So I'm going to have to figure it out. I like dirt starts a lot, but the dirt, the great starts are getting better. And it's more even for everyone, you know, if the, it's dry. There's not just one gate that's good. Like everyone has pretty much the same same possibilities of getting a good start. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And just sort of talk through and tell us the fans what your sort of daily routine and what your week looks like of training. What sort of how much cycling, how much gym work, how much riding do you do? Mm, we ride usually just three days a week, and then we got gym one to two days a week, and we cycle two three times a week. It it all depends. Sometimes it only it's only once. It just depends what our schedule is like. If we're racing or not, then we only train like one, two days. Like it, it all depends. Yeah. And do you sort of take pointers from other sports? Do you follow, you know, NBA, NFL and sort of idolize any other athletes in that sort of arena? And did you, growing up, who were your you know, idols in motocross? Something like Roxon, Tomac, who were you sort of looking up to then? Yeah, I don't really take any pointers from other sports. I mostly just watch motocross where my brother raced the jet skis, but... Idol growing up, I I liked Roxon a lot, I think. And um, Villapoto, when I was little, back when he raced. Yeah, mate, it's pretty cool. And with a couple more for to sort of wind up the interview, yeah, just a couple more things you do to relax away from the track. Any hobbies? Obviously, golf's not one of them, but yeah, anything else? Not really. Not really too many hobbies. Like, uh, I like to go out with the jet skis if it's possible or on the boat, some stuff, just stuff like that. That's pretty much it. That yeah. and ride dirt bike and stuff, I stay pretty busy with. Yeah, mate, it's pretty all in the program you guys run. And just to, for any other kids in, you know, Denmark or anywhere really listening to this, what would you say their advice would be if their families are looking to head over to America and chase their dream? What would you say to them? It's probably a good idea just to go to a training facility if you want to try to race pro or at least try to ride, you know, a few times a week. That's definitely going to help just the more riding you get in the better or 
the more hours you'll get in your dirt bike, the better you'll be, better you'll get, if I think, feel like. And then your yeah, expectations for Loretta's, mate, and which classes are you racing? Just give us a sort of rundown on that too. I'm racing 250 Pro Sport and Open Pro Sport, and I just want to get through it a week, stay consistent all week, and hopefully do good. And before we wrap it up, mate, anyone you'd like to thank in particular for all their support, guidance, and all that kind of thing? I would like to thank my brother and my dad, HGS Exhaust, and TLR Performance. Awesome, mate. Cheers. Well, thanks for taking the time. And yeah, the last part of this was brought to you by Kawasaki Motors UK, who are pleased to announce the arrival of the new KLX 140R range. The easy-to-ride KLX 140R lineup offers a 144cc engine, plush suspension, and push-button electric start, making for great trailblazers. The KLX 140R machines come in three different sizes, ranging from Junior's first tentative steps to pushing the door wide open on adult riding. The highly regarded KLX 140R range is ready and willing to add fun and enjoyment 2023. Contact your local off-road dealership for more information. All right, thanks again, Matty, for joining us. It's been a great chat, mate. All the best for Loretta's and congrats on the pro motocross stuff and I look forward to speaking to you again one day soon. Yep, thank you. No worries. Thanks, mate.